You are tuned into The Breakfast Show on 102.9, 105.2 and 87.8 FM. And right now I have a guest with me in the studio. Paul Heber from UNICEF Luxembourg is here with me. Good morning, Paul. Good morning. Thank you for coming back, um, visiting us in the studio. Um, the reason you're here is because you've recently come back from a trip to Poland. Uh, why were you there and what were you doing? Well, the idea was actually to see what UNICEF does in the neighboring countries in, in terms of, you know, in, in relation to the work that we already do uh, in Ukraine. Um, since the conflict is now more than a year old, actually, some of the kids have had uh, the, uh, well, have actually lived through a war that's, that's eight years old because it started in 2014 in the eastern part of Ukraine. And UNICEF has always been present in those regions. So um, uh, it was actually tough work, difficult work. And, you know, clearly when the uh, conflict actually escalated last year, uh, so uh, we uh, we moved into the other parts of Ukraine and uh, and even beyond its borders. So um, the idea was just to go to Poland to see, you know, what the work looks like outside of Ukraine, because everybody talks about Ukraine, but it's also quite important to make sure that refugees who had to uh, flee their country, um, you know, have, have the best sort of integration in, in, in those other countries, including Luxembourg, clearly. But in this case, we tried to get as close as possible to, to Ukraine. So... Um, we saw kids, uh, we talked to uh, young, soon-to-be adults, you know, to, 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 to see how they're faring, how they're doing, and, and how they managed to integrate, how, how they managed to rebuild their lives. Uh, so that, that was quite interesting to see. And, and clearly, um, the work we do in, in, in a European Union country like Poland is very, very different from the work that we do um, in Ukraine every day. So we have 400 staff in Ukraine now. And uh, our staff uh, around Europe is um, works in a different way, clearly, and um, uh, is, is limited in a sense because quite often we um, we can count on uh, European budgets or national budgets, you know, which are quite different in the European Union than than they are in the Ukraine. Uh, but there are challenges still, so so that w- that was interesting to see. As you said, it's uh, one year, in, or over, just over one year since uh, the beginning of the war in Ukraine. Um, although, as you said, ch- children in Ukraine have been living through conflict um, since 2014. How does that affect a child's um, life and their kind of well-being? Of course, it's a traumatic thing to, to go through. But what are the what are the issues that you're seeing with children that have been affected by this war? Sure. I mean, they're, they're very different. One, one has to understand that when you talk about millions of refugees, they all have their story to tell and they're mm-hmm. very, they can be very different. So uh, some of the children have told us that, you know, as soon as the conflict started, their parents just grabbed them and, and, they, and they left the country, although they had not heard any bombs dropping, etc. Um, so these kids, they're, they're doing well. Um, it might have been hard to leave because and difficult to understand why they had to leave but at least they they weren't traumatized so it's a lot easier to work with these children um their integration their it's it's a lot easier to rebuild their lives um but when you talk to children who've actually seen bombs dropping who may have seen the violence then it's a whole different picture right so you have so what we do is a lot of psycho uh, social work psychological work um which is very important but it's not always easy to find the staff to do that right i mean it's not like they're lining up in the street those psychologists i mean you really have to find them and the other problem is always the language barrier um, so uh, quite often you have to to make sure that everything gets translated, which in this context is, is very, very difficult. The advantage is that after one year of um, p- 
people fleeing their countries. You know, you know, it's hard to talk about advantages when you have to flee your country. But one of the advantages is that a lot of the refugees actually are professionals in, 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 in many different fields. And we, we work with them, right? So you have psychologists from the, from the Ukraine. You have people who, in Poland, who work in centers, um, sort of welcoming their own, their own, uh, their own people from, from Ukraine. So you have Ukrainians helping U Ukrainians, which, which, is, which is obviously a, a great w way of, of working. Uh, but, you know, to get back to the children, you know, so I've, I've seen um, a few boys who, who were quite traumatized still, you know, they were drawing bombs, they were drawing tanks. And it's one of those things where we, where we really try to, you know, focus on Uh, to make sure that at least they can get a sense of normalcy back um, and, and, and make sure, um, you know, that they get to be children. I think that's, that's the biggest ch uh, challenge, you know, that they sort of get their childhood back. Because uh, honestly, there's nothing worse if you have a seven-year-old who doesn't have dreams. You know, you know when you talk to someone, you have... Children are always the same anywhere in the world, you know, always in a good mood. But, but sometimes you meet children with sad eyes. And, and it's quite important to make sure that, that that's uh, not a long-term thing. Uh, obviously, for adults, it's a completely different story, right? Mm. Uh, I mean, some of these adults, most of these adults have seen their, you know, life, work destroyed in front of their eyes. So for them, it's a lot harder. But uh, at least we can give those, those kids a future that we can give them some sort of uh, normalcy, which, which we try to do every day then. In, in Poland and other countries. Poland is uh, the country that's received the highest uh, number of, of refugees um, in Europe, being the neighboring country to Ukraine. Um, when you were there, what kind of systems did you see that have been set up to receive um, refugees from Ukraine and help them to integrate into life in Poland? Yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not as visible as one would think it is, which also shows that uh, integration has worked in a sense. Um, so there are different ways of integrating people, right? I mean, for kids, it's easy. Everything, most of the things go through schools, right? I mean, uh, kindergarten, etc. And the challenges are always sort of the same. It's easiest to integrate those uh, who are the, the youngest because uh, they, uh, they adapt really easily. They learn the language quickly, in this case, uh, Polish. And it takes a bit longer when with youth, right? With adolescents, it takes a bit longer. Um, so school is definitely a way of doing it, um, supporting schools, you know, uh, so we try to finance integration classes, we try to finance language classes. And then we also, what we, what we do a lot is um, we have these blue dot centers uh, all over Europe. We also have them within Ukraine, quite a few. They're really just a blue dot on a map. That's why they're called blue dot centers. And they're along migrant, uh, migrant routes. Um, and what they do is people can stop there. They get information on where to go next. Um, there may be doctors. Um, they can eat. Um, children can play. They can get water. So it's a sort of a pit stop along the route, but an important one uh, where you get basic, basic, where you can actually fulfill your basic needs. And then we have uh, something else which is called Spilno Centers in, in Poland. It's really just a one-stop shop uh, when you arrive in the country. Um, and in this case, it's also run by Ukrainians at this point in time. So the language barrier isn't so much of a problem. And people can spend their first nights there. They can get the information that they need in order, you know, to get the, the paperwork done to um, to be welcomed into Poland. They they can um, find out if there are any jobs for them. They can uh, they can see if there's any other accommodation available to them. They can get uh, they have there are doctors. There is even um, uh, social staff, um, and and they can find jobs. So you have all these things in in one place, and it really takes off a lot of the burden that you have on your shoulders when you have to run away from your country and don't really know what to expect. So that, that's really quite important um, 
to have in place, and that's something we we finance um, in in quite a few different uh, locations. Of course, um, there have also been um, child refugees arriving from Ukraine here in Luxembourg. Are you uh, is UNICEF active in the same way here in Luxembourg as uh, in Poland? Our work in Luxembourg is, is quite different. In Luxembourg, it's mostly the Red Cross and Caritas who take care of the refugees, you know, in in in, in their everyday lives. Um, our small team here in Luxembourg, and we're much smaller than these organizations, is, is quite different. So we work a lot in the background. We work with uh, ministries. We work. Uh, we have legal staff who make sure that the, the right laws are in place, who make sure that children's voices are heard, because, as you know, Every child has the same rights anywhere in the world. And sometimes, you know, obviously there's there's legal and uh, national obstacles. And that's something we work on to make sure that that's not the case. Um, so our job is to make, I would say, to make sure, to make visible what isn't so visible. Um, because, you know, we talk a lot about integration here. Is it working as well as it should? Uh, the, um, the surroundings, is the environment that they live in, is it the right environment? That sort of thing. And so we work a lot with other organizations too. Um, and that is something we, uh, we do a lot, as I said, in the, in the background. So our work in Luxembourg is definitely different from, the, uh, from our colleagues in Poland, very different from our colleagues in Ukraine, for sure. And how is uh, UNICEF funded? Well, we're funded through voluntary, voluntary donations. Um, so, um, you know, we need to work for our money quite a bit. So your activities depend on donations from the public? Entirely, and entirely. Well, we, we entirely depend on, on public donations uh, or private donations. And um, so um, if we don't get the donations that we need here in Luxembourg, then we may just not be around next year. So that's really quite important that, um, that, that, that we get as many donations as we can in order to do our work. Um, so, yes, we always need, and especially at this point in time, because at the beginning of the conflict, um, there was there were quite a bit of donations in kind, you know, warm winter clothing, food. But at this point in time, it's really quite important that we get, we have the flexibility um, uh, in terms of funding. So we need, we need, um, we need money in a sense, mm. um, because that really allows us to react um, on an everyday basis, especially within the Ukraine, you know, where, you know, with all that chaos and, happening and violence happening you know um every day is different and um, having those donations really allows us to have the flexibility in order to react as as, as quickly and as, as 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 well as we as well as we should so an important reminder that these people are still being affected by this conflict the conflict's still going on there are new refugees arriving in europe every day and and even after one year it's important to to maintain support for organizations like unicef um how can people uh, donate and how, how, how can they um, find out more information about where their money would be going if they were to donate to UNICEF? Yeah, I think that's, that's important to know that when you donate that you know where your money is going. I think it's, 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 I mean, it's clearly one of the th transparency is, is key in this, in this regard. So you'll find all the information on our webpage, uh, unicef.lu or even our international webpage, unicef.org. But for donations in Luxembourg, you can, you can just donate under unicef.lu. I think that's the easiest way nowadays to uh, quickly help and make sure that the money gets where it's needed. Okay, excellent. Paul, thank you for coming in to talk to us about um, UNICEF's work in Poland and in Luxembourg. Really appreciate it. Thank you very much for your time. Our City Radio.